Let's hit it. And welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. And welcome back to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I am thrilled that you're joining us today. We're going to have a wonderful conversation, actually, with two friends of mine. I always refer to them as high school friends, but I knew them way, way before high school as well. So just hang tight with us. And I, I want to give a couple of shout outs to people. One is if you enjoyed our, our opening music, it's called Clarion Call. And I so appreciate the Mark Arneson band featuring Amaya Dore uh, doing that song special for us. You can, you can download that on any of your favorite music platforms if you want to. For those of you that are new to the show, we are about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to have real conversations with real people at all levels of the journey all around the world. And you might be our next guest. So if you think you've got a story to tell, please reach out to me at Lori, L-O-R-I, at alzheimerspeaks.com. And I would love to, I'd love to hear your story and talk about being a guest on the show. I always have to thank our listeners. You guys, your likes, your clicks, your shares have gotten us known all around the world. And I, I just can't thank you and honor you enough. And I hope that you'll continue to do that with each and every one of our shows because everybody's story, I believe, is important and can help another person in their journey. Now, like I said, today's conversation, we're going to be talking about caregiving and how these two ladies did it. Um, taking care of family members. But I also want to do a couple of shout outs. One is Coro Health, C-O-R-O health.com. And why they're important is during COVID, they're allowing people to download two of their music apps free. One is called Music First and the other is called Coral Health. I always want to give a shout out to the Memory Cafe directory. And even though many of the cafes aren't meeting in person with COVID, there are several that are doing virtual. And I know I'm doing two in particular, one with Artist Way on the third Wednesday of each month at one o'clock. Uh, Central Time and one with Arthur's Senior Living on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month at one o'clock. And we're just three meetings out of many that anybody around the world can join. So go to memorycafe.com and check that out. I also want you to look at Dementia Map. It is a new global resource directory that Dave Wiedrich, the founder of Memory Cafe, and I just launched. And our goal is to help everybody around the world get their resources out to the people in need. And last, I want to give a shout out to the Foot Bar Walker. So we're going to take a listen to them and we'll be right back with our guests. Introducing the life-changing Foot Bar Walker. I'm Peggy from Danville, Kentucky, and I'm 91 years old. The Foot Bar Walker revolutionized my care of George. It absolutely benefits the patient and the caregiver both, and that's the beauty of it. It's so easy to use. It folds up just like a dream. I got it in and out of the car without any effort at all. The saving that I made from having to put him in a nursing home came to about $192,000. Does someone you love use a walker? Do they struggle? to get up from a seated position? Are you a caregiver dealing with physical pain and stress as you help your patient? The Foot Bar Walker was designed to assist not only the patient, but also the caregiver. Patients have more control standing up and no lifting from the caregiver is required. See how it works at thefootbarwalker.com. That's thefootbarwalker.com. Peggy, would you recommend the Foot Bar Walker? Do I ever? I would not be in the health that I'm in today at this age had it not been for the Foot Bar Walker. 
So today I am really thankful to have two lifelong friends who are courageously going to share their stories, their journeys of, of hope and helping others on this path of caring. It's not an easy one. And we're going to hear probably some of the good, the bad, and the ugly, because that's the honesty of the journey. Marta Spencer is uh, recently retired, and she was a bilingual financial counselor at one of our major hospitals here in the emergency room. And she would describe herself as just another daughter whose mother died from dementia and isolation during the COVID pandemic, which isn't a very good situation. And many people are still struggling with now. Personally, I know Marta and how she cared for her mom. And she wasn't just another daughter. I would describe her as an earth angel, one who took extraordinary care of her own mother. But you know, there's a lot of earth angels out there that deserve for their stories to be told. And Bonnie, Bonnie took care of multiple people. And Bonnie Linder has spent her career as a software developer and trainer and in the management space and has also retired. But she, like I said, has been on this journey for a long time. And taking on the role of caring for another is never easy. And multiple times, many people think when you get that role, and when you've done it once, it gets easier over time. And there might be some truth to that, but everybody's journey is different. And every situation in your life changes. And we're going to talk about some of those things and, and hear about Bonnie's thoughts as well. So welcome you two. I am just so honored to have both of you share your stories about your family members. And um, I think this is going to be a really, really important conversation. So thank you for, first of all, taking the time and being brave enough to, to step up and step out. I know that's not always an easy thing to do. Thank you. And if you get emotional, it's okay, because uh, moi here will be right with you. (laughs) And I I think it's important for people to feel their feelings on this journey. And so I don't, uh, I don't get too embarrassed about it anymore. I think it's real and emotions hit you at different times. Sometimes you can speak really clearly, and it doesn't bother you at all. And other times you can turn into a babbling bubble. So I want to first ask you ask uh, both of you, Have you ever wanted to quit? Have you ever wanted to quit carrying on the journey? And Bonnie's head is shaking like a little puppy in your in your windshield (laughs) going. So why don't you you take it first, Bonnie? Well, like you had said earlier, I've taken care of multiple people um, that have had different types of dementia and they've all been family members and um, my dad passed away in October and he had a little bit of dementia, but after he passed away, I, I did, I ran away, I left. I was just like, it was the day after his funeral and I just went, I'm done taking care of people. And uh, my mom is still uh, alive and she's got pretty severe dementia. She's, she knows she forgets, which is the hardest part, but yeah, I ran away and I, you know what? I, I didn't feel bad about it. No. And I think that was the, because of the journey I've been on, you know, Lori, you would just said that some people think that would be a bad thing and would feel guilty about it. And I think because I had done it for so long and with different people, I was okay with running away because mm-hmm. I, I personally needed it. Well, and that in itself is a huge realization. And I know for me, yeah. I, I didn't look at the whole self-care thing. You know, I would, I would come off like I was in control and everything was fine. And my brothers thought everything was cool. And then I would go when everybody would leave my house, I would go in the basement and scream because I just had to get it out of me because I was so frustrated. And so, you know, again, everybody's journey is a little bit different and everyone else thought she's got it. She doesn't need any help. What's going on? Even though I was asking for it, they just thought she's doing fine. She's doing fine. But I didn't want to show that side 
to anybody. And I didn't, I didn't realize I was a kind of a sinking ship. It's really important to show that side because your other family members need to see that too. And I'll tell you my, I have two sisters and um, we've seen the ugly side of each other and we've seen the, the good side of each other. Like any family and any sisters that they argue but because um, we've all gone through that part of it. It's really important. Marta, how about you? Did you ever want to quit your journey? I did, but I thought, you know what, considering, considering it, that she wouldn't be alive, then I, then I thought, nope, this is what I do. And I'm, I'm not a parent. And so I've never had children. I had nephews that I babysat, but I never knew what it was like to have a child. And having mom with advanced dementia was like having a toddler. And that's how I had to look at her. I had, I don't mean that with any disrespect at all, but I went into her world whenever I was with her. And so if I would just immerse myself in her life that way, then, then it would be okay. Cause you, you, you learn, you, it was a learning by process, learning process. How much can you say, well, don't you remember so-and-so or after a while, she didn't know who that my name, she didn't know that I was her daughter. And so then I would just have to say, okay, well, then we're just going to talk about small little subjects, not go into politics or any of that where she'd been really big and, and just um, go with it. And I wasn't asking anyone for help at all. I mean, Lori, you were there with me for a lot of it, um, but I'm lucky. I don't know if lucky is the word. My boyfriend's mom has Alzheimer's. And so he and I can bounce off each other and now I can help him because his mom's 10 years younger, but getting bad. Whatever I've learned, I can pass on. I think it's important for people to know the thought of quitting, or I just can't handle this, or I'm losing this is, is kind of normal. But, you know, ask yourself, how many times have you said that in your own life before dementia hit too? (laughs) You've had circumstances. And so this is just another thing we have to kind of adapt our way through, but it really helps when you have uh, someone who understands you know, like your boyfriend or Bonnie with family. And I know with my family, they didn't always understand. A lot of the times I had two brothers and they looked at me like I was like a whack attack sometimes thinking mom's fine. What are you talking about? You know, we'll stay with her more than five minutes, you know, and you'll, you'll see something a little bit different, but yeah, you know, I wasn't reading up on it either. I had no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I should have been using Alzheimer's Speaks as my, you know, go-to, but no, I was stubborn because I, I was in denial. I didn't want to admit as far as advanced as she was. And then you could see changes. And then my brother um, died three years ago. So having a mother with dementia and a brother who's in the hospital in intensive care for nine weeks, I was doing both of those at the same time. And That's I was his only... I was speaking for him because he was intubated and sedated. Luckily, he was at the hospital where I worked, so I could be there and visit him four or five times a day, but I had to make all the decisions for him. And finally, my other brother and I had to decide once they said nothing else could be done, then to get my mother there and try to explain to her that he's going to die, you know, and watching his, literally, watching his feet turn blue under the blanket as I'm talking to her and keeping her entertained as we're going to a meeting to decide a care plan, you know, and then she luckily got to say goodbye to him. But, you know, towards the end, she, as I said, she didn't know who I was or that she had had a husband. I don't know, Lori, with your case or Bonnie with your dad's case, she had no long-term memory nor short-term memory. So she had no memories of anything, Mm -hmm. but her face would light up when I would come. So that's good. Um, Yep. So, you know, I, I noticed that same thing, Marta, with my mother-in-law. She was the first experience I had with Alzheimer's and she wouldn't know us, but man, you knew in those eyes when she looked at you, you could yeah. tell that there was love in the eyes. Oh yeah. There, it was there and, and you could feel the warmth and the love and, um, that's, that was what I held on to all the time. Yeah. And even staff mentioned it to me. They said, we know as whenever you're going to show up that her, she's just going to light up. That's just how it is with, with when I came 
And that's, yeah, exactly. That's what warmed your heart. And that's what, that's what kept me going. Yeah. yeah. And then I was only seeing her once a week. She was in a memory care unit. And luckily she was on the first floor so I could have a window visit. But it, when the pandemic started, you know, I was there once a week, bringing her flowers, visiting, hugging her, doing her, helping her take a shower, doing her hair, just being there. And then to go from that to everybody wearing a mask, try to explain that to a dementia patient. Think about oh, that. I know. That was, yeah. And, you know, and then, oh, here I go. See, when I don't talk about it, I do really well. <laughs> but watching her deteriorate every week because of this, you know what, I won't even say the word, damn pandemic and the isolation is what what really advanced her dementia because in these memory care units they took all the chairs away in the common areas they confined them to their apartments I won't say confined that sounds really bad but basically they were she was a loner anyway but to not have meals out in the common area here's your meal then they'd walk out they wouldn't sit with them you food is food is you know you got to eat with somebody that's how it is and it's a social thing. And so they're not getting the socialization and the staff did the best they could in that situation. Nobody planned for something like that to happen. And I don't hold anything against them, but to see her deteriorate is what really, you know. Yep. I see, um, the, same, I see the same thing too with my yeah. mom and she's in memory care. And I, I, the other day, my tears came the other day when I was watching the FedEx airplanes being loaded up with this vaccine and and you know the trucks going I all of a sudden I it lost it I just sat here and cried like a baby because I'm like because I knew know my mom's uh where her care facility is on the list for one of the next couple weeks oh good she here in the city yeah so I'm like thank you lord for doing this because then I can take her somewhere. Yeah. You know, I can get her out of those four walls that she has been in. Yep. You know, for almost a year. Is she watching TV? Um, a little bit. My mom stopped the day she moved in and she'd been watching it all day, every day. Cause she couldn't remember how to turn the TV off and turn yeah. it on. Yeah. And I came once and was unplugged and I thought, who the heck did this? Oh, she did it. Cause she didn't know how to turn it off. Yeah. And it wasn't worth trying to explain to her because she wouldn't remember. Right. So I don't know. She just, she puttered around a lot and moved things around. And that was, it sounds so silly, but that was a little game I played every Saturday. It's like, where did she put her comb this week? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That reminds me, like I I wrote down, I wrote down some things for me. Oh, oh, and that's one of them is you have to find the humor. Oh, you God, have yes. to find some humor. And it, it's like so important. I remember when my mother-in-law, she would always ask my kids how old you are. And they would tell her the right number. And then they would tell her. And then two seconds later, she'd ask the same question again. How old are you? And then sometimes they'd say, you know, if they were 13, they'd say, okay, I'm 13. The next time I'm 34. Oh, and then yeah. the next time I'm, I'm six. Oh, <laughs> you know, and it was just like, we, we laughed, but you, you, you just, you have to find the humor because it's so dang sad. It is. It, 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 it tears you up. We yeah. would have, my boyfriend and I would go every Saturday night and have dinner with her. And um, she, she was at the place right across from the fire station on Lexington, uh, Rose Creek Point or whatever. It's yep, called. It doesn't yep. matter. But they'd always serve a dinner roll with the meal. And she'd want to take that meal, that roll back with her to the room. And I gave up saying, Mom, it's going to dry out. You're going to forget where you put it. Just let her have it. <laughs> and she was left-handed. And she'd have it in her right hand, left hand, and she would not let go of that sucker for anything and eat her meal. And it was hilarious. And it wasn't, but it was, it was sweet, you know, Yeah. and it made her happy. And anything I could do to make her happy, that's what I did. Bought her new shoes, went to Savers and got her new sweats, you know, whatever I could do. And that's what we do for our moms. 
Yeah. Or dad's. So, so that reminds me of, I just bought my mom some new outfits, you know, because she was, when you get into these memory care areas, you're not as active as you once were. And so my mom kind of was gaining weight. So I went and bought her a little size bigger. Well, she couldn't figure out for some reason she can remember what size she was. She can't remember, you know, what, nothing, but she can remember that she used to be a size eight and now she's a 14. And it's like, and so she said, well, what size is that? And I go, um, it's a 14. And she goes, I don't wear that. Oh, you should cut the tags out. You know, and then that got to be funny for us, but then she didn't know where those clothes came from. Whose are they? They were familiar. You know, she knew the old clothes, not the new clothes. And it's like, so that took a while. Finally, we just took scissors and we cut all the tags off and we just told her they were a size eight. Oh, that's so funny. My mom got to, to the point where she didn't want any clothes in her closet unless they were red or pink. I had to get rid of everything Isn't because it was just, I, I don't wear that. I don't wear that. I don't wear that. And so one day we were, I was going through her closet and I was weeding everything out and it would happen to be when we, and she was living in a, a nursing home. And we were um, bombing Iraq at the time and the TV was on. And all of a sudden she's, she's just starts bawling. And I'm like, mom, you want the clothes? I'll put them back. I'll put them, I'll put them back. <laughs> Fine with me. I don't, I don't care what you wear. No, no, no. And I couldn't figure out what was bugging her. And then I realized it was what was on TV. And in her mind, that attack was happening right outside the building. Oh, and it just brought yeah. such fear to her I turned that tv off and she had a smile on her face instantly and we went on what we were doing you know so much of what the two of you are talking about are you know the real little intimate moments like you're talking about the glint in the eye you know or, or the subtle little giggle um you know the funny things that happen you know those are the things that we remember about everybody And, and yet when someone has dementia and we're told that maybe they have memory loss, we get kind of on our high horses a lot and go, no, that's not right. You know, we're not going to the doctor on Tuesday. We're going on Thursday or the story went like this, or what's my name. And we, we like try to force it because we've been told this is what we should expect. And we fight that. And what you two, you know, are talking, what you're doing is that you've learned to let go and just really, really be in the moment. And I think that's one yep. of the biggest gifts that anybody can not only give to the person with dementia, but give to themselves to learn to live in the moment is brilliant. You know, I, I think that, and, and also my advice to other people would be you, you you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone yeah. because you're going to have to do things that you're not comfortable with. And it started with my mother-in-law with Alzheimer's when she was first diagnosed, she got lost and she called me from the gas station on Hamlin and County road B. And they said, I, your mother-in-law's here. And I went and picked her up and she was so upset because she didn't know where she was. That was the first thing. And so she came and lived with us for a little bit until we could find somewhere for her. And I remember I had to give her a bath. And that was my first stepping out of my comfort zone. And then the second thing was when my brother-in-law, my sister and my brother-in-law moved in with us. He had Lewy body's dementia. And it was about four months before he passed away and they moved in and my sister needed a break from that. And um, I remember he was wearing the pens, but he needed to be changed. So that was, <laughs> that's where the comfort zone and the humor come in. Cause I, I still remember this, like I covered him up and I said, okay, do not under any circumstances move that blanket because I am not looking at your junk. <laughs> and, you know, I laugh, but we've laughed about that so many times, but it's like, 
He's my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, but he needed help getting himself changed, you know, and it is what it is and you just do it. Same with my dad, you know, when he was changing him. So with my dad and I, and my mom, right after her stroke, I remember, you know, she messed her pants and there was nobody else to clean her up. She was paralyzed and she needed help. And it's like, you know, like Marta says, you're taking care of a child. And, you know, that was out of that comfort zone. I'm just like, now, and now it's like second nature. It's like, okay. You know, I never thought I could be a nurse, but apparently I, um, I do have some of those skills now. <laughs> well, you know, when you, when you were talking about your mom messing herself, my mom did that in a movie theater. And oh, God. But it, it, we turned it into one of the funniest things ever because I mean, you, you're, you're so embarrassed. And, you know, she got up and it was wet and we thought, oh, she's spilt. And then my brother, um, who usually didn't do stuff with us, he was, he was with us and he's like, what's that smell? And then we, we thought, well, she's passing gas. And then it was like, oh, she didn't pass gas. Really passing. Way worse than that. So we had to kind of sit still till everybody left and then, you know, flag over staff to let them know what they're dealing with and ask for a trash bag. And we remember we scooted her outside into the car with the windows rolled down. Because the smell was just atrocious. I tried to clean her up in the bathroom. It just wasn't going to work. And we remember dropping her off at the nursing home and telling them, and we were, we laughed. I mean, because you either laugh or you just cry. And, but it was one of those moments that as a family, we all had to come together to make it work the best we could. And yep. And the nice thing with, with mom in the stage she was in is she didn't feel like we were laughing, you know, at her at all. And she just joined in in the laughter, you know, and that made her calm. And so it wasn't an embarrassment type thing. Mm -hmm. And I know so often people give up the laughter because they, they like think it's disrespectful, um, but you can't, you can't judge that. No. And, you know and I think too, Lori, knowing your mom for as many years as I, I have known her, which is funny because I told my mom I was going to do this and um, I didn't go into a lot of detail, but um, she remembered both of you guys from Girl Scouts wow. and your mom. So, but your mom was so funny and I, and that's, that's the good part because she can still laugh and you know that's that's a good that's a I think humor is a better memory than sadness yeah another time we were up at the cabin and it was winter and she slipped in the foyer and she she fell and so my daughter and I are trying to get my mom up my husband's unloading and he comes in and he's like oh he was all upset. Oh no, you know, we got to get Dorothy up. We got to get her up. And we're like, we're trying, we're trying. But the three of us were laughing so much because I, in trying to, my mom was a big woman. She's, and she's laying on the floor and she's on this rug and she, she can't like sit up or push herself up. None of that. So I'm like, mom, can you bend her knee? And she goes, okay. And she, she wiggles her finger. Well, Danielle and I just lost it at that point. And, and Tom was like, it's not funny. We got to get her up. So then we're trying to like roll her, lift the rug and like roll her over. And we couldn't do that. Finally, we ended up pushing the rug up against the closet, getting her feet square. Tom and I got behind her and we lifted her one on each shoulder. And then I'm telling Danielle, kick her knees, kick her knees, because her feet were just straight, you know, against the door. And we needed her feet to drop to the floor. Right. Oh my gosh, we, the, all four of us, we were just, we were just split in the gut on that one, you know, and, know. Uh, but she wasn't scared. She wasn't embarrassed. And, you know, you just have to work through it to get whatever needs to be done, done. And I mean, those are, you know, both of those memories, uh, they're not sad for me. They're not, oh, disgusting for me. They're like, that was really funny. You know, because if that happened to anybody who was well, you would be split in the gut. Yeah. You know, or mortified. Yeah. You so. know, and I think Sue, too, so like for, for my mom right now, 
she can't remember that my dad passed. Yeah. And so every time she calls, she'll ask, how is your dad doing? So she must think he's in the hospital or something, or I can't get a hold of your dad. And so you, you go through the whole thing, but I have found that when I'm having these conversations with her, I've learned now how to take a right turn and yep. laughing about something. Yep. And then she forgets about it. And then right before I hang up, she goes, now, have you talked to your dad? And so they're like, oh, okay, we're going to start this all over again. But, um, you know, it is the, it's, it's like I said, I've put some bullet points together for myself to always look at it, to remind me that humor is, was number one on there on my list and accepting that you're not going to fix it. There's no way you're going to fix what they have and get out of your comfort zone. And you got to have a lot of patience. And I think those are the top four that I always refer back to because and I think about them every time I talk to her, or I go to, I go to visit, um, you know, we were laugh. my mom and I laughed the other day. I bought her, it's, it's like an MP3 player that looks like a radio sort of, but it's got this button that's probably four inches by two and a half inches. And with these large letters that say on off. And so I showed it to her and I said, you, I, I loaded it up with a bunch of music that she liked from the 40s. And um, I, Robert Goulet was her favorite. And so I got oh, yeah. all these tunes on there. And so I told her, I said, all I got to do, Mom, is push this button. She looked at that button. She goes, well, it's large enough. I should be able to figure that out. <laughs> and I was like, yep. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, then she laughed about it. I'm like, yep. So I don't know if she's played it again. She probably forgets that she has it there. But um. well, in in technology, in the products that people come up to try to help, that whole process are yeah. are really really important there. Um, let's talk a little bit about family relationships and do did your relationship <laughs> with your your family members change? And Marta, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, well, as I said, my middle brother died three years ago. And so he's obviously out of the picture. I have a younger brother. Um, he and I are four years apart. I'm the oldest. So we were never really close anyway. And as in many families, he has his wife and his kids and his business and his life. So he's, he was there to make big financial decisions. And he's the one that said, hey, it's time to put her in a memory care unit. And he and his wife took care of that where I'm the emotional one. He's not. So we, I'm a Libra, so I've got to be balanced. So he, he, he balanced me that way. Um, and when I needed him, he was there. Um, but I wasn't asking him for anything. I was saying, Hey, this is what's going on. And I just, I'm the one that visited every week. He did not. Um, but he's the one that moved her in. He's the one that moved her out. He was there with me when she was dying. They very kindly let us inside the memory care unit in June when she died. I was there with her. We were both on her bed with her when she died. So that I, I can't thank them enough for that. But nothing has changed between us. We're still, I know he's there if I need him. And he's there if I need, I'm there if he needs me. But nothing has changed that way. And I was hoping it would bring us closer together, but I feel like an orphan, mm -hmm. to be honest. Yeah. But, um, you have, but you have us, Marta, we've been, I know. And, us. and I have my, I have my Instagram friends and, and, and my friends on Facebook and I live alone. So think, Oh, here goes. Sorry. Uh, for all of you out there who have lost someone this year, we all have a really you know, I, I think of the three things that the, the top three things for me this year, I started to work from home, my mother died, and I retired. And that's a lot to have happen in three in a year, amongst everything else. But for those of you that have lost someone, I feel for you because we never had a funeral because of the pandemic. I've not been able to hug anybody. I've, I've mourned basically by myself. And that's been really hard. 
So I watch a lot of TV. I don't know if that's the right answer, but but so I'm, I'm thankful to Lori and to Bonnie that we can talk about this because not everyone I know has this in common. And we all, you know, people check in on you, but nobody checks in on me anymore to say, hey, well, Lori does. I, I lied. Lori does. Um, but, you know, how, how are things going? So I don't bring it up. And I probably should. So I feel for you out there in radio, internet land, wherever you are. We're all in this together. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And there's a lot of people that are alone dealing with this. How about yeah. you, Bonnie? Well, um, I can relate to a lot of what Marta just said. Um, I have two sisters. So there's three girls. And um, I think, you know, there's always power struggles. I'm not really the um, emotional one in my family. I'm I not either. <laughs> Yeah, I'm more like her, your brother. I, and I take care of all of my mom. I took care of all my mom and dad's finances and like all the paperwork and power of attorney and executor and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I will say with three girls who a lot of each one wants to be in charge, there's some very ugly conversations. Ooh. And then, and then you just, you, you have to chalk it up to family. And then there's been some really good conversations. So um, I think you have to take, sometimes you have to go, okay, that was, I've had it. You know, I, I reached the end of my rope and my sisters each have reach the end of theirs and when they do who do you take it out on people you love your family so um we've all taken our turn with that and um don't my advice to other people would be when someone someone does that in your family let it go in one ear and out the other because you're all going to be better off for it don't don't let it rip you apart don't and and I guess one of the things I've learned is try not to argue back even though I haven't practiced that all the time um it 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 is it's important to have that family there because I wouldn't have been able to run away like I said um and come back and unless my sister was there to to be with my mom so she was there with my mom. And then I got to that point that I was like, I'm ready now. I'm ready. I can, I can come back and take care of mom again. And my sister was at that point that she goes, I, I need to run away now. And so she's, you know, moving, doing her thing now. And I'm taking my mom. So taking those turns, I think are important. Um, and what you do but you know, don't don't let this rip your family apart. That's, no. that's it, it can, and I've seen it happen in families. I think we've just been blessed that we haven't we're, we're able to let it roll off a little bit off of our backs. I know for my family, it's definitely affected. You know, once we lost my dad, um, yeah, and, and then you know we kind of went through all that morning. That was back in two thousand and one. And I remember sharing stories because I was going to write a book. I still haven't written the book, but I have all these, all these stories like we've been talking about, you know, that, you know, make you laugh, but teach a lesson at the same time about letting go and being present and whatever it might be. And I remember my older brother, Mark, saying, well, where'd you get the stories? And I just thought, well, what a goofy question. <laughs> I, I was there, you know, and that's what I came back with. I'm like, well. I, I was there. Where were he's you? Like, no, he's like, no, really, where'd you get the stories? And I'm like, Mark, these all happened. And, and then this like sadness fell over me because I was always trying to get them to step up more and do more and, and I guess be like me more. And, um, and I, I just felt this sadness thinking, oh my gosh, they don't have any of this. They don't have any of these memories. And, but that's on them. I, well, I know, but it, 
but it changed it changed me from that moment forward and then we ended up getting into a deeper discussion of you know because I think I said something like oh my gosh you don't have these memories because you guys really weren't around that much and I didn't say it to to be you know make them feel guilty but I was just really sad that they lost out and that's something that you can't recapture especially when someone's died now my mom was still alive and they could could have stepped up and I was hoping that would happen and then we had this conversation of why they didn't and they said well you had things under control and I said well you know you can always always use help well you made it look so easy and I said well you wanted it to look easy and that you didn't really want to know what truly was going on because you didn't want to feel the loss you know let's kind of be honest here and then they said something really important they said well Lori you know you're you're kind of a control freak. And I'm like, no, I am organized. That's why everybody comes to me. I am organized. I am not a control freak. No, Laura, you really kind of are. And I had to take a serious look at that going, how could anyone perceive me to be a control freak? And then I looked in the mirror and go, well, pretty easy, I guess, <laughs> you know, <laughs> from the outside yeah, looking that mirror, me. that mirror doesn't lie too much, does it? And, nope. and so that was really important for me because then I realized that, you know, I didn't want them to just come and visit and, um, you know, pick up a pizza or a McDonald's. I wanted them to kind of cook and have a conversation and have the smells and the ambiance for mom and dad to feel like home, home, you know, and that wasn't their comfort level. And it it really made me realize that, you know, nobody wants to be stuck with somebody 24 seven, not a person with dementia, not a person caring for a person with dementia. We all need our freedoms and, but we all have the right to still be who we are and we have to learn to appreciate what everyone brings to the table and their relationship never was that with my folks so why should it be now yeah yeah there's sons first of all yep and so you got the son mother and you got the mother daughter relationship yep and so um you know i i thought we changed it i thought they'd be around more but things didn't really change significantly you know with with the whole caring role and and that I finally let go of because for many years, I don't know if you guys did this, but I worked really hard at trying to change them <laughs> and trying, yeah. to, trying to make them be more like me. And I didn't even know I was doing that, you know. Um, and but when I made the conscious decision of that's their choice, I, I had a lot more time to spend, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally in, in the space with my mom. Right. versus putting energy towards towards that and that was a that was a huge moment for me yeah. that was it was important to that I felt and I, I'm exactly what you're saying is it was important for me because I kept feeling you know all this negative energy towards my brother because he wasn't spending the time knowing he was busy but he could have made the time but I thought you know what that's on you my friend I'm going to be the one making memories and I'm going to have good memories and bad memories but it's it's me. And this is one way I'm, I'm taking care of her, but I'm taking care of me too, because yep. I am able to spend that time with her. And I'm glad I did it. Good point. It's, and it is, it's, it is about taking care of us and who are we at our heart? You know, what, what makes sense for us? And when we get into, I mean, I see a lot of families when they're trying to sort out the different tasks and I'll never forget one um, woman was supposed to give her her dad a shower and she's like I'm just not comfortable with that and and another where a son was supposed to bathe their mom and and they're like you know I I can do just about anything but I can't do that we have to respect that or someone who's given finances and they're like I'm the last person you want to give finances to you know or be in charge of whatever it is I mean we have to honor who everybody is Mm -hmm. and, and what their comfort level is because if they're not comfortable doing that task, it's going to be a rollerball effect um, with that whole situation. And sometimes we get, I think, so task oriented, we forget about the emotional side and the emotional side to me makes or breaks this whole experience. Yeah. In in terms of that's the gift that I could give to her was the emotional side. One one of the, one of the really good memories I have, um, is the place that my mom and dad were living opened up to essential caregivers. So you could go in and um, 
you sign up and you get an hour, two hours, you know, twice a week. Nice. So um, it, it happened to come in September and my mom and dad were celebrating their 72nd wedding anniversary. Oh my gosh. 72 years of being married. How so, old were they when they got married, Bonnie? Um, well, they were 1948, 10, uh, 23, maybe. Okay. Man. Yeah. So, um, anyways, um, I made them. Um, a special table for their dinner. You know, they were eating in the dining room, but I got a tablecloth and flowers and I made their table beautiful just because they always went out for dinner on their anniversary and this year they couldn't. And um, that, I, I can't even tell you how glad I am that I did that. Wow. Because a month later, my dad passed. So, um, uh and then now I'm going to go see my mom on Sunday. I have, you know, signed up to go see her. Isn't that something you have to sign up to see your mother? <laughs> but, uh, I'm gonna, and I'm going to bring some cookies and she can decorate them. Great. Even though she takes her Christmas decorations down and then we have to put them all back up again because it's not Christmas yet. Um <laughs> She just keeps thinking it's over. It's like, no, it hasn't happened yet. So um, we're going to, you know, do that with her. And those are building those memories. Because like I said, I'm not the real emotional side. Um, I'm sort of, I'm kind of cut and dry, black and white. And, um, but I'm, I do have a creative side. So that's why trying to find these fun things to do with them. And she loves puzzles, but you can't, she can't do them by herself. So sitting down and doing that with her, those are all those building of memories. And what about that, coloring? Did you, have you tried to color with her? With her, you can do that, but she yeah. won't do it by herself. No, we do all of those things, which is, Fun. which is kind of what you guys were talking about with brothers. I don't have any brothers. So, you know, I could, I can tell you, I, I raised two boys, but, um, I could tell you that those are the things they could do for people out there who men are, if they want to spend time with their parent, but they're not sure what to do when they get there. Those are the things that they should do with them. You know? Yeah. Cause you can't talk about memories. No. So don't don't dwell on the past. Do right yeah. in the moment. I, every yeah. two weeks I would bring mom flowers. I would go to the grocery store and get two big bouquets and combine them together and I would cut them all off, you know, with the scissors under the water. It was a ritual. And then she would stand there with the vase and I'd make her place them in the vase. Yeah. And, and well, should I put it here? Mom, you decide. You, you do that. You know, you know where it goes best. And that was the thing we did. And then they would last for two weeks. Of course, they would never get watered. So but I put lots of that powder in there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was the thing. And, and but we could do that together. And I when you're talking about bathing, I never thought I would be helping my mom take a shower, but she wouldn't shower. She didn't yeah. want to get cold. I get it. And so I would just kind of have to badger with her and, and bribe her. And I would bring her candy and snacks. So she had those in her cabinet, but the, 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 you know, it was hell giving her a shower. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. And every day when I take a shower, the last thing I want to think of is my mother when I'm in the shower, but I do yeah. because it was awful. But then you know, as soon as the water turns off, I'm cold, I'm cold. So I would have the towel around her shoulders on her hair. I mean, we had a ritual, but then the, the, the upside is then I would do her hair and her hair was about your length, Bonnie. And I'd never used a blow dryer in my life. As you can see, I've got naturally messy hair and I learned to use a blow dryer so I could do her hair. Yeah. And so I, I just got done cutting week. my mom's hair. Yep. You know? Yep. That's what I Learning did. Learning how to do her hair like that. Well, you know, so and, that's a little thing. And part of it is teaching people concepts of, of showering and grooming and stuff. Like if, if the room can be heated, even if there's like a little heater in there or music or lighting or aromatherapy, yeah. um, getting the water warm ahead yeah. of time, starting, up the room. Yeah. starting at the feet and going at the up, towels ready. 
Yep. Yep. Or heated towel bars, heated floors. If you're able to, you know, all of those types of things make the journey really, really guys, I, I have a question about that. So did either one of you ever use those walk-in tubs? No. So my mom tried it one time, and this is something good for people to know. My mom was not a swimmer, um, just really didn't care for the water, but she did like taking baths. So we thought, oh, she would love this. We'll get her a walk-in tub. Well, what happened is it started filling up, and she completely completely freaked out so they had to drain it really fast and that was a very scary moment for her so um never tried it for that reason so yeah so you know people are going to be different about that but that's just again one of those things you'd never think of no you know think of it a bathtub is a bathtub is a bathtub right but to her it was not and well you're confined and and you know, you're in a small little right. space and, and to, to piggyback off of that, I, I, and maybe you guys had this experience too. My mom didn't like anything tight around her waist. I mean, they all have that paunch because things settle, <laughs> you know, now I'm going just past menopause. Things have settled differently too, but <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't like anything tight. And so I would have to find her where she was a very small woman like a size large to get around her waist, elastic waistband, but even a seatbelt. Oh my God. Last Thanksgiving last year, she sat in the back seat of my boyfriend's SUV and the seatbelt drove her nuts the whole time from Roseville to Wyoming, Minnesota. And I realized I should have had her in the front seat and she almost had a screaming fit and I couldn't figure out what the reason, and it was a seatbelt. So if you've got to, if you guys are not in tune to what your parent or loved one is going through and their little idiosyncrasies, everyone's going to be miserable. You've got to be in tune what's going on yeah. and, and advise others who are with them. Right. Every week when I would go to visit her, you know, I would notice something that's different. Okay. This is what's going on now, or this wasn't like this before what's going on here, you know, and ask them questions. So, and that's another thing, ask questions of the staff if, if your loved one is in a facility yeah. about what's going on. Well, and I think you have to, you have to think bigger than just the person. You have to look at the environment. So sometimes it could be sound too loud yeah. or, loud noises. or, yep, is horrible. It could be lighting and shadows where you just need to shut the blinds because the, there's a shadow coming in and they can they can see and feel the shadow from the side but when they turn then it's gone because it's a different direction and then they get, can get paranoid over that um, in the shower I didn't understand what my mom always loved the water and all of a sudden she would say the shower hurt the shower hurt well I ended up finding out that as we age we lose our fat pads no matter yeah. how heavy we are but yeah. the nerves get closer and so you know, I went to my mom's nursing home and I said, I want to buy shower heads for all your bathrooms, handheld shower heads so that they can start from the feet up and, you know, they can, um, they can decide what mode is going to be best. You know, I like something that's really high powered. Well, you know, maybe a rain shower head, something that's gentler will make a big, big, it was life changing in terms of getting her in and out of the shower and being comfortable. Plus it allows you flexibility where you're not trying to position them under, you know, stand here, do this. Um, you can start from the bottom and go to the top so that they can get used to the water and stuff. Yeah. Um, I never use it because I end up being almost as wet as she was by the time the darn shower. Oh was gosh. Over. I used to have to bring a change of clothes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I was going to do that. And then she, we got the pandemic. I was going to buy, here's an, here's a word of advice. I was going to buy one of those rubber aprons. I thought, Oh, perfect. Like the fishermen use. And I, I started to look on Amazon for one and then I just got waylaid and never got it. But then the change of clothes would have been a great idea. Yeah. Cause we I would have... laugh about it. I said, mom, I'm as wet as you are. What, how did that happen? Weren't you there? <laughs> I interviewed one woman who was caring for her husband and she said, they just both went into the shower together. And she said, we yeah. took, our, took our clothes off in the shower. That's the only way I could get him to do it. And she yeah. said it was more work, but it was, it was way easier and way faster, even though she had more laundry. So, I was afraid staff would walk in if I tried that trick and I didn't know how that would look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, ladies, we have covered a lot of ground. I do have to say one thing though, that what great 
you know, as we talk about losing memory, how about remembering what fun we all had, you know, growing up and, you know, in junior high and in high school together and um, really some great, great memories. And great parents that we had. Great parents. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't have traded them for the world. Yep. I know I've been putting a scrapbook together for my mom of things that she does remember so she can oh, go nice. through that. And um, she likes that. She, I put a little one together of my dad's passing, you know, like with sympathy cards and stuff so that maybe she could remember. But she, she gets so frustrated because she can't remember that he died. And I said to her, you know, mom, you, you were together for so many years that dad was almost a habit. You know, it's going to take you a long time to get out of the habit, you know, and that, that's sort of how I can't put it into any other category. I don't know what to tell her, you know, but you, you relive my dad's passing you know, a hundred million times. But the funny thing is, is my dad always whistled for us girls. Yeah, my dad did too. Did he? Yeah. yeah. So every time we, and you went flying, you like, there was no, wait a minute. Yep. You went. And um, one time we were at the neighbors, they were getting a new concrete driveway. And my dad whistled and I took off and ran right across the wet concrete. Oh. <laughs> but at my, I, you know, I call it my dad's funeral, but really it was just us girls and our spouses and then my two boys and my sister's grandson and that there's like 15 of us. So it was small. We had to get permission from the church to even do something. But um, I, at, I, ha- I went up to the pastor and I said, do you, would you mind if I whistled in church? And he goes, no. Oh, so very end of my eulogy talking about all my memories of my dad and things I go and daddy this one's for you and I whistled his whistle really loud oh it was like my mom remembers that nice oh, neat. Neat. yeah well any last advice that you have for someone who is giving care right now just real quick Ask regardless yep and enjoy every moment regardless yep. Yep. I heard two people complaining about life, you know, and, and today when I was at the store and the father, the guy was complaining about having to take care of his mother. And now my wife's involved in it. And I thought, dude, if you only knew, yeah, <laughs> because yep. you complain, but there are hopefully more good times than bad. And, and as Bonnie said, ask for help. Yep. We're here if you need us. Yep. It's, and it's okay. I mean, that's the one thing, ask for help, but it's okay to step back. When you've had enough and you can't take it anymore, it's okay to take a little break and ask yeah. someone else to come in and then you come back. Yep. Yeah. You know, well, you, you can't give good care if you're not healthy yourself, if you're not full. And I know I, there were times where I was just totally drained and I was, I was like pushing friends away over and over and over. The girls were getting together for coffee once a week and I wouldn't go. And one day they called and, and I was just angry and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get them off my back. I'm just going to go. And I said, okay, I'll come for 10 minutes. Like I'm the queen coming to town, rolling out the red carpet. Here she comes. Aren't we privileged? You know? <laughs> and, and I showed up and we laughed and cried for two hours together. Nice. And I didn't realize until that moment, how empty my soul was. And from that point forward, every week I met the girls for coffee because I could care better for my parents. Yeah. Oh, that's so important, Lori. That's such a good message. It is. And I I know that since mom died, it's left such a hole in my, my life, but my heart as well, of course. And it's trying to figure out how to fill that hole. And, and because I took care of her for so long and then with my brother and then when my dad had leukemia for six years, taking care of him with that. And then he died in 2004. So it's like, I've never had time to take care of myself. And so now right. I have to learn how to do that. Yeah. And that's a whole learning process. And that's where I've got my, my uh, hobby of photography to kind of keep me centered and, and sane yeah. that it's way. It's like a so, whole nother conversation, you know, see, you need us back taking care of all these you. people for all these years. It's like, Oh my gosh, that one, we need a bottle of wine and a 
good two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so question for you, if listeners want to reach out to you, um, are you comfortable with that? And if so, Heck yeah. Oh. Heck yeah. Okay. So yep. how would you like them to reach out? Mine is just BS and not just Bonnie Sue, BS Linder at uh-huh. Comcast.net. And mine is, I'm on Facebook. I've got email. I've yeah, got Instagram. If you guys want to see some nice pictures, that it sounds silly. And I'm not trying to put out there, come look at my pictures, but Instagram for me, you guys, is an outlet. It's my happy place because I just look at photography and that kind of, you know, scenery, that kind of keeps me happy too, aside from watching a lot of TV. But my email address is Marta, M-A-R-T-A, Nova, and as a Nancy, O, V like in Victor, A, 58 at gmail.com. Thanks so Thank much, Thank you Lori. so much. Appreciate yeah, it. Love you guys. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Good to see you. Good to see you. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.